0: Hey, we're going to start, a, we're doing a short two-week series called Choose Joy. It's supposed to be three weeks, but with canceling last week, we've had to, to be flexible. And hey, if you want to plan a church one day, wear your flexible pants every day, all right? Because you're going to have to roll with the punches and get it done. But I'm so proud of the team that's made this possible uh, and for our team being flexible. Thank you so much. And hey, if you have been coming on Sunday nights with us and you want to jump on that team... Man, we would love to have you on our dream team. So if you want to shoot us a direct message or put a comment down there that says, man, I want to join the dream team, we'll reach out to you, let you know how you can do that. And we'd love for you to partner with us because, man, we need people that are going to help us make a difference in this community. And you could be a part of that. If you've been watching online and you haven't been in person yet, man, we're taking every precaution we can to be safe. Please come. There's nothing like being in the room on Sunday nights. It's really, really great. So I would invite you to come do that. But hey, We are starting a series called Choose Joy. I don't know about you, but 2020, I would not put the word joy uh, in the same sentence as 2020. In fact, 2020 was a very miserable year. 2021 has been a little better, not much better, to be honest with you. We're still stuck at home. We got snowed in. I mean, we people are now starting to get out a little bit more, and then God sent a snowstorm, and we all got to stay inside anyway. So, uh, And so, man, we uh, joy is not a way that we would use to describe 2020, 2021. But, man, I want you to know today that you have the ability, you have the power to choose to be joyful you have the ability to make that choice. And I was actually, when I was preparing for this, I wanted to show a clip from one of my favorite movie franchises. It's the, the Indiana Jones movie franchise. And uh, at the last crusade, you know he's been looking for the, 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 the goblet that Jesus himself drank out of. And he gets to this point, there's the bad guy, there's Indiana Jones, and he's sitting at this, at this table and it's full of goblets. And this ghost appears and he says, choose wisely. And so the bad guy gets greedy, he reaches for the cup, he reaches for the wrong one, and he melts away. It's super gory. I was going to show a video of it, but it's like too mature for church service. So this guy melts away, and all of a sudden, famously, the ghost appears, and he says he chose poorly. Right. And, uh, and it's actually a really funny part of the movie. Then all of a sudden uh, they pick the right the right scepter or the right uh, goblets. And and the ghost appears again. And he says, you chose wisely. Well, I don't want is for that ghost to show up in your life and tell you that you chose poorly. But the fact is, is that when it comes to joy, many of us choose poorly. We choose to be unhappy, we choose to be offended, we choose to to live in hurt, we choose to live in unforgiveness, and all of those are the antithesis of joy. But God tells us that we need to choose joy. In fact, it says this in his uh, word, it says this, uh, he said, I want to give them the oil of joy for mourning. I want to give them the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Now he's saying this, like, listen, I'm, I, I, I've given you the ability to choose joy for instead of mourning. I've given you the ability to to put on the garment of praise instead of the spirit of heaviness. Next week we're going to talk about praise, what that word actually means, and uh, how that really is the antidote for joy. But I want to, I want it, to. It, he he refers to these things as something that you have to choose. A garment doesn't just put itself on your body. Like this shirt did not just magically appear on my body. I had to put it on. It's getting a lot harder to put on. <laughs> and so I need to start hitting the gym after being a week away with uh, Stephanie in Chattanooga. But it, a, a garment is something you have to choose to put on. And I want to I show you this. It says that, uh, that uh, we want to put the garment of praise on for a spirit of heaviness. Now listen to me. I believe that heaviness... There's a spirit of heaviness. I believe that the enemy and his workers are at work in our lives to give us this spirit of heaviness. But God does not want that in your life. God wants to give you joy. When Jesus was born, the, the angels came and they said, hey, we're bringing good tidings of great joy. So that tells me that what Jesus has to offer is joy. And what the devil has to offer is a spirit of heaviness. And there are so many of you right now carrying a spirit of of heaviness, when God wants you to put on a garment of praise. He's given you the oil of joy in order for you to get rid of the spirit of heaviness in their life. Because I'm telling you, some of you have been walking around with a spirit of heaviness for too long. But there are some choices we need to make today in order to find joy, to experience joy. Because here's what I know, joy doesn't come find you, you got to go find it. Joy is not going to magically appear in your lap. You have to go find it. You got to make the choice to find joy. Now, if we uh, if we talk about joy, uh, we, we have to talk about a guy named Paul in the Bible. Paul wrote half of the New Testament, over half of the New Testament. He wrote the majority of the Bible, it seems like. And uh, man, this guy lived a life marked with joy. But let me tell you what happened to this guy. Five times, he was beat the 39 lashes that Jesus got when he died for our sins. Jesus only had to have that happen one time. Paul had it happen five different times. Can you imagine what this dude looked like? He was scarred all over his body. He was beaten with rods. This is the kicker right here. He was shipwrecked after, multiple times, but one time he was shipwrecked and he spent 36 hours floating on a piece of debris in the middle of the sea. And then finally he finds himself. I mean, he's like, he's like uh, Tom Hanks, right? And Castaway. He finally floats his way to an island. He gets there. He builds a fire and then a snake bites him. Like he, a, a poisonous snake bites him. Then after that, he got stoned. And I know some of you are probably thinking like, oh, good for him. Like he got to relax after all this. No, it's not that kind of stone. It's not recreational stone. He, people uh, would literally take giant rocks and they would throw them at him until they thought he was dead. But still, Despite all of that, his writings in the Bible are so joyful. In fact, one of his most joy-filled letters in the Bible, one of the most joy-filled books in the Bible was written uh, while he was in prison. It says this, he said, I was sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. I was poor, yet making many rich. I was having nothing, yet possessing everything. He listened, he was saying, I got reason for sorrow, but... Man, I have joy. I have reason to believe that I'm poor, that I really have nothing. But he understood that his life meant the most when he was making a difference in others. And so he, he was making many rich. He had reason to feel like he was poor, but he chose to be joyful. Man, he, he was, uh, he thought he had nothing, right? He didn't even have a home. He would go from place to place, get shipwrecked, get bit by a snake. But really, he had everything because he had Jesus. He chose to be Joyful. He made an attitude choice. So, what do you do? Let me ask you: What do you do to a person that's always joyful? What do you do to a person like Paul, who's always joyful? Who he he would he would literally have people come up to him and they would say, "Hey, listen, you're going to go to prison if you don't stop preaching." And he goes, "Oh, would you? Would you please take me to jail? Like I can at least uh, people will be chained to me. I can at least share the gospel with them there, or I can share the gospel with the guards." And then they say, well, if you go to prison, we're going to behead you. And he would say, really, would you really do that? Because I know that to live is Christ, but to die is gain. I don't even know which one's better. Do I stay here and live for Christ or do I die and get to spend eternity with Jesus? Uh, uh, Do whatever you want, right? So what do you do to a person who's always joyful? The answer is nothing. Nothing. You can't do anything to a person who's that joyful all the time. But God is telling you right now that you can choose to be joyful. You can choose right now to be joyful. And I want you to get to that place because I believe God wants you there. And He, and you can make that choice today. But listen, this is gonna be a tough week, all right? Out of the two weeks, this is gonna be the hardest week because this choice is the hardest choice. I've I've titled this message, The Daily Choice, The Daily Choice, because how you start each day, how you look at each day will determine whether you have a joyful outcome or not. You have to make the daily choice in order to find true joy. And here's the deal, you're not, I believe a lot of people, I would dare say most people watching this, you're not experiencing true joy because you're carrying too much and you've been carrying too much for a really long time. You've actually been hiding a lot of things. You've been hiding things in your life, you're carrying too much and it's starting to weigh you down. Because if if you don't hide it, your boss is gonna find out. If you don't hide it, your wife is gonna find out and she can't find out, right? Or your friends can't know that you're struggling with this. The world can't know that you have this secret thing in your life that you haven't shared with anybody and it's causing you to be bogged down day after day after day and it's stealing your joy. It's robbing your joy. But in John 10, Jesus tells us the truth. He tells us the truth. He says this, the thief, he only comes to steal, to kill and destroy. A lot of us think that God is a taker. We think that if we follow Jesus, if we become a Christian, that God's gonna take all your fun. He's gonna take all your money. He's gonna take all your time. He's gonna take all of your joyful experiences. And the devil wants you to think that that God is a taker. But I'm here to tell you, God is not a taker. He's a giver. The devil is a taker. The devil is the one that is robbing you. He's stealing from you. He's killing you. He's destroying you. And the Bible says this, but I have come. Jesus, he has come so that you may have life and have it to the full. God is not the taker. God is the adder. He wants to give you life. He wants to give you an abundant life. He wants to give you a life that's far better than anything you've ever imagined. But you have to make the choice every day, the daily choice in order to find that joy. Many of you, you grew up in church, like I did. You may have grown up at church in this area, just like I did. And man, you walked down an aisle one day, you prayed a prayer, you were at church on Sundays, you were at church on Wednesdays, you may have served in the parking lot. And today, that is a terrible job to serve in a parking lot. You may have been shoveling snow in the parking lot today. You may have served in the student ministry you may have held babies at church, held a door open. You may have been in a band, worship team, leading worship. But you've been miserable. Your life hasn't really changed much. Your marriage was still broken. Your kids were still running from God. You still struggled with the same issue and addiction. A past hurt you've struggled with anxiety, you've struggled with depression, you've struggled with suicidal thoughts, and that has left you feel like you've been living this double life because you come to church on Sundays, on Wednesdays, every time the doors are open, you've joined the group, you've done this thing, but you still have this struggle over here and you feel like you're living a double life. You feel like a hypocrite. Because you're, you're trying to ride the fence. And I believe many of you are here and you're listening to this right now and you're gonna experience joy for the first time in your life today. I believe that. You're gonna experience joy for the first time in your life. It's gonna change today. So we're about to get into it, okay? Sin, here's the deal. Most of us, all of us are going to struggle with sin, but a lot of us, man, the reason why you're not experiencing joy is because you've been hiding this thing in your life that you've never confessed, you've never gotten it out of your life, and it's weighing you down. We would call that a sin in our life, right? And if it's not a sin, it's a circumstance. Maybe you were hurt so badly and you've been carrying around unforgiveness, you've been carrying around hurt for so long. And let me tell you, unforgiveness is a sin. I think God has a lot of grace, but God wants you to forgive. Unforgiveness can turn to anger just like that. And it can turn to you attacking people just like that. And it's a slippery slope, but God wants to set you free today. I believe that. But if our lives are going to change, we have to talk about the thing that is stealing our joy. And the thing is sin. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm not a hellfire and brimstone guy, but today we're going to talk about sin because I believe so many people are hiding in sin. They have sin that they're hiding, but they're not experiencing true joy. And so sin does three things. The first thing is this, sin steals our joy. Remember, Satan, he comes to steal, right? Well, sin steals your joy. It says this uh, in Psalms. It says, blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are forgiven. Are covered. That word blessed, it means to be happy. It means to be internally happy, which means to be joyful. Joy, it's not laughing or smiling. You can do those things and still not be joyful on the inside. Right? It's internal happiness. It's beyond your circumstance. And that's what this is saying. I mean joyful, blessed on the inside is the one whose transgressions are forgiven and sins are covered. And It goes on and says, blessed, happy is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them and in whose spirit is no deceit. Man, when you're not hiding anything, when your life is kind of out in the open, of course you're happy, right? Like you're not worried about getting caught. Man, how many people are walking around and Satan is just stealing their joy because they're trying not to get caught? I've seen too many movies. I've seen too many TV shows. You're going to get caught, okay? I'm just going to tell you right now. It will come, and it will bite you in the butt at some point. But the person who hides something, they're not happy. The person that hides something, they're not happy. And they work really hard not to share their secret, and it's exhausting. In fact, that this same passage goes on to say this. He says, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning All day long. Some of you identify with this because that's how your life has been. It feels like your your body is just wasting away. It feels like the inside of you is melting away because you weren't meant to carry this. I'm sure that sounds familiar. It says this, it keeps on. It says, for day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of the summer. We lived in South Florida. Let me tell you, when it's hot outside, it is the worst feeling ever. You don't want to do anything. You, you like you can't get to the. You don't, don't want to leave the house to get out to your car because there's no air conditioning. Man, it's terrible when it's hot. Some of you are living a life like that. Man, you don't want to do anything. You don't want to get people close in your life because you're afraid they're going to find out. And and you feel like God's hand is heavy on you. Let me tell you, the Bible says this: that God's kindness leads you to repentance. God is not an angry father who wants to take you out. He's a loving father that wants the best for you. And sometimes that hand of heaviness is just conviction of the Holy Spirit. That's God saying, hey, you can do better than this. Come on. But your life, it feels a lot like this. it goes on and it says this. It says, then I acknowledge my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you Forgave me. You forgave the guilt of my sin. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in Him. You have to experience now. Once you get these things out in the open, you have to understand that God is gonna forgive the guilt of your sin. He's gonna forgive you. He's gonna take that load that feels so heavy, like his hand is heavy upon you, and he's gonna make it lighter. You're gonna feel like a new person because I'm telling you, when you get this secret out, when you get the sin out of your life, you walk different, you talk different, you look different because you understand I can confess this and God is still gonna love me. And you can get to this point right here. Here's the next verse. It says, rejoice in the Lord and be glad. You righteous, sing all who are upright in the heart. Listen, you can have a day again where you can rejoice. You can have a day again where you can be joyful. You can have a day again where your anxiety is not there, where your depression is not there, where this issue that you've tried to kick to the curb a thousand times is not there. You can get to a day where you can rejoice in the Lord. You can be joyful. I wanna tell you that today. You can be joyful, but if we're not careful, sin... It will steal our joy. The second thing is this, sin kills your life. Sin kills your life. Not only does it impact you, it impacts the people in your life, right? It it, it starts uh, with impacting every person. Listen, it's gonna impact you at school. It's gonna impact you at your job. It's gonna impact your friends. It's gonna impact your marriage. It's gonna impact all of it. And I'm only saying this because I love you. But sin will kill your life slowly. Look at this story that Jesus told, the prodigal son. Younger son looks at dad and says, Hey, I want my money. I'm gonna bounce. So dad's like, Are you sure? He said, Yes. I don't want to be, I don't want to work on this farm anymore. I don't want to be here. So his dad gives him what he wants. And it says he goes off to a far-off country. And there he partied. He lived whatever he did, whatever made him happy. He wasted all of his dad's money. And he found himself in the middle of a pig pen, thinking, Surely being a slave at my dad's house is better than this. Man, some of you live that life. God's kind of given you what you wanted to show you that he's really everything you need. And some of you are there right now. And it's something that you really can't bear much longer. I would bet there are people watching this that feel like they're like the prodigal son in the pig pen right now going, how in the world did my life end up like this? The Bible says this in Psalm 73. It says, surely you place them on slippery ground. You cast them down to ruin. Listen, if you're not to the bottom yet, the slope you're on is a slippery slope. And it will lead to ruin. I'm telling, I know this from experience, guys. The ground you're walking on, if you're flirting in this area and you're, you're living this life, it's a slippery slope and it leads to ruin. I'm just telling you. And God's trying to get your attention today. Let him get your attention. The last thing sin does is this, sin destroys your identity. It destroys your identity. Some of you today are living a different version of yourself than the vision that God has for you. I'm going to say that again. Some of you are living a different, a lesser version of the vision that God has for your life. God has an abundant life for you. He has an abundant life for you. And you're living a lesser version of yourself. And, and you, I know what you're thinking. Well, my, my daddy always drank. My granddaddy always drank. So that's just what I do. I just drink, right? Like, well, my, my family was big. They overate. And so now I, I just overeat. That's what I do, Right? Man, my my dad was a really angry guy. My granddaddy, he was an angry guy. My mom, she was pretty angry. And so I'm just an angry person. That's just who I am. I'm always going to struggle with this. I'm never going to not struggle with this. Let me tell you this right now. Never and always are the biggest lies you could ever believe about yourself. I'm always gonna be this. I'm always gonna be that. Those are lies from the devil. Never and always are the biggest lies you could ever tell yourself. That is not the best that God has for you. Let me tell you, you are God's child. He wants the best for you. He wants to give you a life far better than you could ever imagine. Your marriage can be great today. You can get sober today. You cannot struggle with that thing that you're struggling with today. And it all starts a lot of times with our identity. How do you see yourself? You are not what you do, okay? You are not what you do. Don't ever label yourself on what you do. Well, I'm just an alcoholic. No, don't label yourself like that. You're a child of God who struggles with alcohol. You're not a mistake. You're, a, you're, you're loved by the creator of the universe who gave everything. You are not what you do. We do this with our kids a lot. Our kids, they're normal, just like your kids. They are sometimes, uh, they can be rude. They can talk back. They can not do what we tell them to do. They can make a comment to us. It's not respectful. And we try to always say, hey, you are not a rude person. You did something that was rude, but you're a kind person. You're a loving person. We don't do that. Loving people don't do that. Kind people don't do that. That's what we do with our kids. You should do that in the mirror. I'm not joking. You're going to feel like a weird weirdo, but get in your mirror and say, I'm not going to drink today. I'm not going to do that today. I'm a child of God. I can do this through the power of the Holy Spirit. Get your identity right. You are not what you do. But to all that, I'm going to summarize it by saying this. You cannot be happy and guilty at the same time. You cannot be happy and guilty at the same time. Some of you feel guilty. And you're never going to be joyful. You're never going to be happy while you're still guilty. Get it out in the open. Let me tell you this. The best way to do that, join a group. If you're watching this, if you've been in our team from the beginning and you haven't signed up for a group, get in a group. You, listen, I don't have time to make, well, yes, you do. You have time to do everything else in your life. Make, a, make groups a priority in your life because I want you to be free. God wants you to be free, and you're going to do that with other people. I'm telling you, join a group. You're gonna hear me say that a thousand times. So how do we handle all this, right? Like we've seen sin does this, 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 and this. So how do we handle all this? Well, one of the most positive words in the Bible uh, has a negative connotation. Many of you have heard it a thousand times. If you grew up in the Bible Belt, you've heard this word and you have a negative association with it, if I, uh, if I would guess. And that word is repent, And here's the deal, repent is not a scary word. You've heard, repent or you're gonna go to hell, all right? While that might be true, that's probably not the best approach right now, but all repent means is to turn around. That means to change direction. So if you're going this direction and your life is not doing what it needs to do, you're going in the wrong direction, to repent simply means to just turn and go the right direction. That's what repent means. And some of you, you need to do that today. You need to repent today. It says this in Acts chapters three, it says, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. That times of refreshing may come from the Lord. How many of you need to be refreshed today? Well, let me tell you, it starts with repentance. It starts with repentance. And so as we wrap up today, we're gonna go through four things really quick. All right, we're not gonna spend a lot of time on this. Um, and it's a, through a whole story of repentance. Uh, it's found in Psalms and David wrote it. In fact, David wrote this after he cheated on his wife and then he took his mistress's husband and put him in the front line of battle and had him killed. So he murdered this husband. He cheated on uh, his wife with this dude's wife and he covered this up this whole thing. And he was finally confronted about it. And uh, man, God broke his heart and he repented. And after that, he wrote this. And he says four things, okay? He says four things in this. Psalm, and I'm going to walk through each of these things really quickly. He said, wash me, he said, cleanse me, he said, create in me, and he said, restore me. He said, wash me, cleanse me, create in me, and restore me. The first one, he says this, he says, wash me. It says this in Psalm 51, wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from all my sin. Every day, you need to make the choice. Here's your daily choice, number one. Daily choose to put to death my old sin nature. Daily choose to put to death my old sin nature. You are not your old sin nature. You are a reborn, new creation, child of God. And so if you struggle with anger, if you struggle with drinking, if you struggle with pornography, if you struggle with anxiety, depression, whatever this is, I want you to daily choose to put that to death. Say, God, I need your help today, not being angry. I'm giving this to you, God. I'm giving you this addiction. I'm giving you this problem and I'm not gonna face it alone today. You're gonna face it. Put it to death every single day. It's okay. The daily choice. This is the toughest one, all right? Put to death your old sinful nature. It says this in Psalm 51, seven. It says, cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be as white as, as snow. Now here's here's the deal. Washing happens on the outside, but cleansing happens on the inside. God needs to do that cleansing work in your life. That's what I call freedom. When God can do the cleansing work on the inside, then you can surely be free. So this, the second daily choice we need to make is to daily release my past and take another step toward freedom. Some of you have had a hurt in your past. Well, make the choice. God, today, I'm not gonna struggle with this today. I'm giving this struggle to you. I'm taking my step right now toward freedom. You need to say that in your life. That's why we have groups. You need the cleansing to happen in your life and God designed you to do that in groups. It says this in James. It says, make this your common practice. Don't just do this when you feel like it. Don't just do it when you have time. Guess what? If you're waiting to have time, you're never gonna join a group. Join a group, make it a part of your life because it says make this your common practice, all right? Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. The way you become whole and healed, the way you become free today is by confessing your sins to each other, get in a group, share with somebody for the first time what's going on in your life. They're not gonna judge you. They're not gonna be angry with you. They're gonna look at you and go, me too. I I struggle with that too. Or man, I struggle with that and God did something in me. That's what you're gonna hear. It says this, it continues on in Psalm 51. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit, within me. The third choice you need to make is daily pursue God's plan in my life. Daily pursue God's plan for your life. Tell God every day, today I want to be used by you. Creating me this new heart, God. Give me a, give me a steadfast spirit that, man, I'm ready to get after it for you today. Every day, you should say, God, I wanna be used by you. I hate my job, God, please, but I know I can be used by you there, God. I don't like being around my family right now, but God, I wanna be used by you today. Daily pursue God's plan for your life. And the last thing, it says this, restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways that sinners will turn back to you, Man, once God does this work, once he restores to you joy, what that really means is joy is lived outside of yourself. Joy is not for you. It's for you to give to others. He says, man, I will teach other people that are struggling, man, that th- so they can come back to you and find the joy that I found. So the last daily choice you need to make is this. Daily, live a life that impacts others. Daily, live a life that impacts others. You will never know the joy of the Lord until you live outside of yourself and you live a life that impacts others. I said this at the beginning man, come join our dream team. Make an impact here, make a difference here. God wants you to make a difference. But man, if you're self serving, you'll never experience joy because joy is always meant to be given to others. And here's the deal you have to make that choice. You have to make the choice make the daily choice to kill sin in your life. Make the choice today to confess the sin in your life. Join a group. man. I mean, do life with people. People should know the junk going on in your life because you need them. And if you're watching today, and man, you've never even made the decision to follow Jesus, well, that's where the journey starts. You can't experience true joy until you have a relationship with the one who gives joy. You can't, you can't experience true joy without a relationship with Jesus. And so if that's you, I'm gonna invite you right now, unless you're driving, bow your head and close your eyes, okay? And uh, I wanna pray for you. And if you wanna make that decision today to follow Jesus with your whole heart, man, you can make that choice right now. Just repeat this prayer after me. Say, God, I need you. I need you to come into my life. I need you to forgive my sins. God, I accept that forgiveness And I invite you into my life. Be Lord of my life. And in the best way I know how, I'll follow you in Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, if you made that choice, we're so proud of you. That's the best thing you could ever do. And if you made that choice, just uh, put a little hand emoji up down in the comments. We wanna reach out to you and let you know what your next step is. But hey, next week, guys. We're gonna talk about how to choose joy. We're gonna talk about praise. It is, I'm telling you, I'm i am a worship leader. It's been my heart my whole life. I'm excited about next week. It's gonna be really, really great. We are gonna be here at four o'clock. Come hell or high water, we'll have church next week. All right, so. Four o'clock next week, we'll be here unless there's a crazy tornado or something like that. The weather looks pretty good, all right? In the name of Jesus, no tornadoes next week, right? Uh, But hey, we love you. We're here for you. Thanks for tuning in today. Share this with somebody. Man, let it encourage them. And uh, we love you so much. And uh, hey, we'll see you next week, four o'clock.